And that concludes this week's episode of Butts, Beans, and Baklava. See you next week. Hey guys, welcome back to SwitchCast. We are now live, and we are happy to be with you, and we hope you're happy to be with us. I am your host, Doug Tabbitt, founder of Switch Cars, GT Vault, some other Instagram pages, and Cannonball record holder a couple of times with Arnie Toman, overall car enthusiast, although that is, I guess, hotly debated among some of my deepest critics. Anyway... We're glad you're here tonight, and we are going to be talking about car shows, car events, and what makes them really great. What's the X factor that makes us all want to go to them, and uh, maybe even ones that appeal to people who are not interested in cars in the least. This weekend, we returned from Audrain Motor Week. We had about 12 people, including some spouses, some of whom were into cars, but uh, definitely some who were not, including my wife. And I think we all had a good time, and there's a number of different factors that went into that. Uh, definitely the people, but the people don't always make a car show great. Uh, sometimes it's the cars, sometimes it's... The alcohol, sometimes it's the entertainment or just, again, the X factor that, that makes it uh, so compelling. And there's a number of different types of car events all over the world. We have cars and coffee, which is fairly basic, just a, you know, millennial cruise in, an answer to the boomer style, you know, Tuesday night cruise ins at the 50s diner where everybody pops their hood and sits in chairs and waits for everybody to look at their car. Cars and coffee is kind of the opposite of that, but uh, in the same vein. And then we've got Goodwood overseas, which is a, a, a rich guy hill climb. You've got racing, you've got uh, Concours events where you put up your nose and wear a blazer svelte and uh, put a pin on your blazer to, you know, identify yourself as having status and uh, go around judge other people's cars and uh, yeah you got street takeovers now where if you have a rear wheel drive version of a Nissan Altima or if you have enough credit to buy a Dodge Challenger you can go do uh, drifting and uh, probably run over some pedestrians that are trying to uh, trying to gain clout on on the interwebs and take videos I, I that is the street takeover thing is something i do not understand i don't know if you spent any of you spent any time watching that but that is uh it's pretty ridiculous a lot of people getting run over by cars in the middle of drifts because they run out in front of them and then their family has like GoFundMes for their medical expenses i'm like this are you are you serious actually one of them got shut down there was a GoFundMe for a kid who ran out in front of somebody mid-drift to like run to the center and got run over and there was a GoFundMe and I think they had so much flack from it that the GoFundMe got shut down, maybe out of shame. But uh, then we have slabs, which I did not know was a thing. What what do they stand for? Slow, low, and beers? Bitchin'? Uh, slow, low, and bouncy? Slow, low, and bouncy. Slow, low, and Bailey. I mean, that should could be that could be a great grandmother's. Um, never mind. Accoutrement. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, no. So I discovered slabs this weekend, which is banging. I believe is actually the B. Uh, yeah. I, I. I. 
I think we should go to one of those events. So they just cruise around and cruise back and forth. And they've got like, I don't know if you've seen Greece, but they have like the, the stick out, like spinner knockoff things to like cut other people's cars. Swingers, I believe. Swangers? Swingers. Oh, we got the thumbs swangers. up from Bailey. Swingers or swing us. I feel like we need Bailey to help us out with <laughs> with slobs, slabs. Uh, I, that's a, that's a weird thing. I I said that slabs. We had a debate because we said slabs and uh, street takeovers are not car culture. Okay, but it's just a different type of car culture, right? Maybe. Yes. Talk about slab. You're from Texas, and Texas, you're not from Texas. You live in Texas currently. Yes, correct. And slabs are a big deal there. Can you can you explain to us what the heck th- that all is about? First off, hello, audience. My name is Bailey Walton. Um, yes, I live in Texas. I'm in, I'm in Dallas. Um, slab culture originated and uh, kind of still takes place in Houston, Texas. Um but yeah, uh, some people say slab stands for slow, loud, and banging. But the word slab originated from, this was probably early. Slab side cobras? No. Oh. I wish. Yeah, that'd be so cool. <laughs> uh, originated, this is probably early 90s. Um, so they would just like, you know, say like, oh, let's go hit the slab. Like, let's, you know, cruise up and down the boulevard, whatever. Um, and you know, like Woodward like the Dream concrete, Cruise. yeah, yeah, hit the concrete, concrete slab. Like, okay, that's kind of where it started, and then it kind of just transitioned to the cars being called slabs. Um, and then that acronym came, you know, kind of like fix or replace daily, you know, sure. like someone made it after the fact. So, you said something about that they're like. They're gangs, though, right? There can be, yeah. Can be. Like, good gangs, like, hey, gang, what's up? Or, like, gang sign. Gang signs. There's a quite gangs. a bit of gang activity. Uh-huh. Okay, but they're separated by color. Mm-hmm. And they'll try to, like, they swing back and forth in the street to block the other gangs from, like, passing them. Yeah, going down the street, yeah. Is this all in it, fun? Or, it, like, is... It sounds the really most part, childish, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, it's out of fun. <laughs> A lot of people view it as like, you know, at least they're not out there shooting each other, which I can see that point, but does they ever end, end up, in that? <laughs> they end up well, shooting each other because uh, some sometimes it's uh, it's not it's not a definitive, you know, resolution to it, but it does sometimes happen because um if you hit you your know, target it is. So the wheels are called swangas. Um swangas. with a Z at the end for you for you old white folks. <laughs> um Anyway, yeah, so they stick out like one of the terms is giraffe poke. Like they stick out into the next lane. Like you are literally taking up equivalent of equivalent of like two lanes with uh, you being three in the center lane. From what I oh not yeah yeah weaving, like you're, like you're just going driving straight, down yeah you're going straight down the road and like on each side of you you're they're sticking out to the half a lane at times. Like they they can get really long. Um, but when you're doing like a slab race like that, trying to, you know, you're you're going pretty much all the way to the left of the street, all the way to the right, to the Like to the oncoming street. lanes we were yeah, watching. Yeah, you can't, yeah. you're just making sure your opponent isn't trying to pass you by any means. But, you know, 
Um, but this crash. is all. This is not. Ra- this is all happening at like fifteen miles an hour. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Car is always the fastest. Like the a rental. Uh, no, no. The <laughs> can the you Buick? rent slabs? What can you rent slabs? Like, could I go on oh, Turo? That's a and good rent proposition. Like a, a bright purple lowrider Cadillac that had like twelve inch wire wheels stuck out you know like 12 inch wide the ones that stick if 12 you, inch swangers if you could i guarantee you it, it would say it has the juice yes it does have the juice correct john the wow. juice or the juice the juice. even better you guys been doing your homework well no i literally just watched yeah the i was one doing video your homework for you <laughs> this weekend but yeah so sometimes also those wheels can get like stuck in each other and so like you know when you guys inevitably go to buy a set of them like you got to make sure it says no welds or like no repairs on the wheels because it is common that that you know you'll hit like so only something. buy new swangers pretty much oh gosh and you got to have the vogue tires on there too the vogues swangers on vogues hmm. you've seen them the vogue tires are actually quite popular all over especially in cleveland you so usually if see you it try on like, like, like different those different wheels like if you try them on multiple different cars would be would they be like swinger swangers only if there's an upside down pineapple i believe <laughs> is the uh qualification for that is the you upside said, down pineapple really a sign for swingers yes maybe, maybe? yes go to bueller's ferris bueller's <laughs> the store the grocery Anyone? store the gro- i don't know that that's a grocery store bueller's go there put a upside down pineapple in your cart you're gonna find out real quick, buddy. <laughs> I feel like just because I'm homeschooled, so we had this debate this weekend about whether or not the house we stayed in was a swinger house. And I feel like because I'm homeschooled, everybody's nodding. Yes. I don't really think there was the, a debate. There was just a lot of conversation were, about it. They're all just pulling these things on me like an upside down pineapple is code for swinger. Maybe the internet can, somebody who knows better can chime in on this, which by the way, if you'd like to chime into this discussion, it's going to be a little bit ridiculous, fairly lighthearted tonight, but, but, uh, we'll come to some sort of conclusion. Um, if you'd like to chime in, you can call us. It does not have to be car show related. It could be your ideas, your questions, your suggestions. What makes a car show great? How do you start a car show? How do you make money off of one? Should you make money off of one? Whatever the heck you want, you can call in. 216-294-4124 or you can post in the comment flow of wherever you're watching live and our wonderful producer Ethan will relay the questions to me that's right yes I'm actually checking here so um so what does make a car show great joining me tonight in this discussion I have some people who went with me to the Audrain Motor Week, and we are going to recap that event and talk a little bit about what made that one great. We have some randos uh, that are just car people, um, and then we have some people who have been involved in car events, starting their own. Uh, the founder of Canton Cars and Coffee is here. Are you the founder, or are you just like take it over? I am. Uh, I'm the original uh, takeover guy. The original takeover, takeover but, guy yeah, for Canton Cars and Coffee. Gotcha. So you so, originally took it over from the original yeah, guy. Yeah. So Mike Schlitz actually um, started it years ago, and it was a small email list, um, and it was over in um, 
a you know empty parking lot behind Giant Eagle, and it was only like thirty or forty guys on that list, but it was a really eclectic group, and we kind of grew from there. Gotcha, gotcha, eclectic. There's some uh, Bailey has founded Bailey's and Coffee. Such a good name. It is such a good name. Copyright Doug Tabbitt. Yeah. Uh, which is a fairly informal gathering, kind of what Cleveland Cars and Coffee used to be, where it was just like maybe 30 people that you all knew and a good coffee shop and a good location, not like some big, huge thing with commercial vendors, just a great morning get-together. Uh, Andrew is a car guy who loves cars and drives a GTI and went with us this weekend. Dan Doucette's another car guy uh, who's nuts for sticks and also likes weird wagons. Who else is out there that went? We have Smooth Mark, who didn't go this weekend, but has gone with us to all sorts of different events. Uh, Along for the ride, we had Bradley Brownell, who founded Radwood, which is a very interesting car culture of its own. Uh, He's not here tonight, but uh, yeah, so we're just going to... We're just going to chit-chat. Um, so, Audrain Motor Week, to recap. Um, let's see. Audrain is only a couple years old in terms of the Concours itself. It uh, There's a uh, museum there, which is incredible. It's very small, but they have rotating displays that are very, very well thought out and curated. It's right in the heart of Newport, Rhode Island. So it's a good tourist destination. And I think it that helps them out. They're right on the main drag. So they have a lot of people passing through and that's that's always good for a museum. It, it's tough to make it a destination in and of itself. And we initially went there earlier this year to see the supercar exhibit and we got invited back for the Concours. Thanks to Ben Chester, who essentially runs the whole event and uh, what a tight ship he runs. And they are targeting Amelia and Pebble Beach. I think they have both of those in their sights. Now, there's most major cities across the country have some sort of concours event. And uh, I think for a small event, they are pretty good, but I think a lot of them struggle as does cars and coffee and most any local car show with, um, repetition. So you have the same group of people bringing the same cars and you may have some big collections that you can kind of pull from, but at some point or another, like a static display in a museum, everybody's seen everything and it's the same stuff over and over again. And the bigger concours have, uh, basically clout and they can use that clout to pull anything and everything from worldwide collections because these guys want status. They want the awards. And I think they also enjoy the experience of sending their cars to the most prestigious events on the planet. And Pebble beach in Monterey, California has long been, I I guess, arguably the most prestigious car show in the world. If your car wins Pebble beach, it, goes up in value a lot. Uh, Amelia Island Concours is fast on their heels of becoming one of the world's and definitely one of America's foremost Concours events. And there's a lot of other smaller ones popping up, but uh, the one that I think has made the biggest splash the most quickly is the Audrain Concours. 
It has a good mix of things. They have a wonderful setting right on the coast of New England. I'm from Maine, so obviously, you know, New England has my heart. New England coast is far more beautiful than the Florida coast. Uh, And it kind of mimics Monterey a little bit. Like when you're in Northern California, you could feel like you're in New England with the the high cliffs and the rocky coast and the, the evergreens. So they have a wonderful setting. They have incredible architecture with, you know, centuries old mansions and castles. Uh, some of the guys did home tours there, or I guess mansion tours. So they have this wonderful mix of culture, of historical architecture, of scenery. And then they have a, a mix of relatively powerful and influential people between Donald Osborne, the CEO of the Audrain Museum, and Concord, and Jay Leno, whose involvement, I'm not exactly sure what his official capacity is, but he is involved in it. So he is there and has a big draw and just a lot of people trying really hard and focusing their energy in the right direction to make this thing a success. And it's really cool to see, like you have to run, I think you have to run a car show like this as a business um, in order for it to succeed. You can't just be like, Hey, let's have fun. Let's, let's get a lawn together and a couple food trucks and everybody will come because cars, because they won't, you know, car people are finicky and a lot of car owners are very successful and I don't want to say they're divas, but let's face it. Most multimillionaires are particular. They've achieved a certain status in life and they've earned the right to eat good food and not sweat on hot days and (laughs) win horse races. And uh, so there's definitely an art to catering to those types of people to get their cars there because if you have their cars there, then the rest of us plebeians, commoners, will come out to see those cars. So, Bailey, John, since you two are here, what do you think they did well? What, I guess, I mean, obviously you guys went because I said, hey, let's go to this. It's going to be awesome. We got media passes, but what drew you to this event in particular? Well, I'm sort of biased towards that area. I've always loved New England, and I never got to experience it. So for that first trip, before the Audrey, and I think I kind of invited myself, I might have, but it was worth it. And um, I listened to the Smoking Tire podcast. He was at Who? the, that's uh, Smoking Tire, that's Matt Farah. Oh, I, 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 I thought podcast. I was the only automotive podcast on the internet. You wish. Yeah. Yeah. So he was talking it up, how great it was, how fun it was. And then I kind of pestered you like all, everyone, like, let's go to Audrey next year. Or let's go to their concours, you know, in the fall. We have to do it. We've got to do it. Um, and from I, I did a deep dive on like social media from posts from like last year. Everyone looked like it was a good time. Like all the cars were, were pretty good a well curated selection of what was there and uh, New England just has this class on its own the fact that they're putting it, it on there the places the events were hosted were all very classed like very high class it was very good I don't know just by an aesthetics point of view it was something I wanted to witness yep 
Yeah. New England has an interesting class of its own. Now, we were in Rhode Island, which is, you know, a lot of northern New Englanders, northern New Englanders feel that uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut should just be annexed to, to New York uh, because it's a different level of class, different type of class. Mainer class, or I guess northern New England class, is more like I mow the lawn around my appliances uh, as opposed to just letting it grow. Whereas, you know, Newport class is on a whole different level. You got Keel James Patrick stores. Kyle. Kyle James Kyle, Patrick. Kyle, whatever. KJP. Sorry, KJP and, you know, Land Rovers for your daughters and, you know, different level of class. But yes, I agree. And and for those who don't know, a Conqueror event differs from a regular car show. And it isn't just a cruise in. You have people in charge of organizing classes and they'll say like, okay, this class is for thirties and forties, you know, convertibles or, you know, pre-war European sports cars, you know, fairly specific classes. And then they invite specific cars and collectors to fill up those classes. So they know exactly what cars are going to be in each class. They're handpicked. The displays are handpicked and they have a wonderful array of them. And then, of course, each class is judged and you have a class winner in each each category, um, which the rest of us don't really care about the judging. We just care that like, well, you won't see two Ferrari F40s there. There will only be one. It, yeah, the, the mic uh, up to your mouth. Oh, can you hear now? Yeah, like like a pineapple right there. Right, right. Just on the bottom of my chin. Yes. All right. Um, so the, you had mentioned like the the class and the culture of New England, and geographically it was pretty special. Um, you know, New England is the, you know, aside from you know Native American type stuff, it's it houses the oldest populated areas in in the country. So you go there, and that's a very special thing. Uh, for instance, my wife and I we ate actually ate dinner at the oldest restaurant in the United States, the White Horse, and it was wonderful. Um, but you can't do that everywhere. So that that thing that you that intangible thing um, that you guys were talk kind of talk, um, talking about and touching on um, that really was special with all the mansions and everything. And you do have to have that kind of geographical charm. Um, and and the classes f- are phenomenal. Yes, I agree. Yeah. 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 On Saturday, so they had a a full week of events, uh, including a Bonhams auction and a collector car auction is always a highlight, I think, of a Concours event. And I think it's an important part of it. Uh, They can be a little bit of a circus, but they're a lot of fun. If you've only ever watched them on TV, even on TV, they're entertaining. But in the room, there's just an energy and it's super cool to be there where, you know, people are eating and drinking and just spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Like, it's just a whole nother thing to see people raising their hands and bidding on e- against each other for, you know, a-, a piece of rolling artwork that's that's in the room right there. Uh, something that you've had on your poster and you're you're watching and you're part of people spending a ton of money on it um you or know, if you're I, a hand talker and you accidentally bid hundred and twenty five thousand dollars on something yes you do like have to I be careful one, one of <laughs> you did that i did that a few weeks Where? ago at, at uh, auburn 
I had I had separated. I had stepped back into the non bidders area, but I was still yeah. sitting there, and I was talking to the person beside me, and and she was asking for clarification like three times, and I I gestured my hand to the right to point to the room beside us, and they're like 125, and Chuck Loper, who was in the room, put both of his hands and like tackled my arm. He's like, you gotta put your arm down, and I was like, oh, she, like I just I just bid 125,000, and immediately went to 150. Thank God, because uh, that was literally a hand talk that so I couldn't th- catch. Actually, that there's an interesting. You bring up an interesting point about bidding, right? So, you know, if you've only seen it on TV, when you're there in the room in person, it's it's a whole different atmosphere, energy. But you do have to be careful because they are looking for bidders. Now you have to register to bid. You have to send proof of funds and you know be pre-qualified, and it's quite a process. But anybody can raise their hand. And if you have a bidder's pass, you have to be even more careful because if you're not a bidder and you raise your hand, you can say, hey, man, I wasn't bidding. And the worst that happens is you get kicked out and you can't come back in. But if you have a bidder's pass, the worst that happens is you bought a car yeah, or else you are never allowed to come back to the auction. So you absolutely have to be careful about eye contact and hand gestures. Now, at the high-class auctions, they're a little bit more lenient or a little bit more deliberate about that. I mean, once they get up into the millions of dollars, they know who their bidders are. They're watching for them. They require confirmation. They know their bidder's language. Some guys just is a simple nod, but they know that that's how he's bidding. Other people are, I got it. You know, They want to be seen on TV. But you go to a wholesale auction, and it's a whole different ball of wax. There they have no scruples, right? Like if you're there, you are a registered bidder if you're in the room. So when I go to wholesale auctions, which I never do other than for entertainment because the cars are garbage. But when I do, I was taught 15 years ago to put my bidder badge in my back pocket. You're supposed to wear it as a sticker on your shirt. You put it in your back pocket. So if they say that you bid and you didn't and they get you on video, they can't pull your bidder number and say, well, you bought the car. My friend learned this from this actually happening to him. He just like walked by an auction and they said he bought the car. Um, And you also, so I stand on the side of the auctioneer and face the car. So there's no possible way he can make eye contact because there they will take any movement as a bid. If you simply just look at their eyes, that's a bid. Now it's not that crazy at the high end auctions. You actually have to like raise your hand, make some motion, whatever. But, one of our members, Brad's wife, did bid ninety five thousand yep. bucks yep. on a car because she was like reaching behind her and put up her hand to Brad and whoa ninety five grand. And they brought that car home. No, I'm just joking. No, they didn't. They wish both them and I wish we brought that G Wagon home. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was an early G. Early the G. the, uh, the G wagon, grand, right? Yeah, something like that. And the uh, it was set to go for sixty to eighty, so I kind of put it out of sight. But it only went for went like for thirty four, I think. Thirty, yeah, yeah. At I every would've... auction like that, there are deals. Not very many. It's typically a seller's market at those auctions. Um, at least after the, you know, it's not a buyer's market after the fee. But there's always a few deals, and that G wagon. We had just left, mm-hmm. and you and them were like holding back, and you, I'm waiting for you guys. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And you had walked out the door, but listening to the bidding, and you almost went back in 
to bid on that and probably should have. Yeah, that person got a pretty good deal. Yeah. That 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 truck was all rigged up for like camping and off road and off grid stuff. It was it was a pretty good bit of kit, mate. Heck yeah. The other car that I should have bought and I did register to buy this. Um and it went for one fourth of the low estimate. You will never see a deal like this in an auction ever again. One fourth. The estimate was six to eight thousand dollars. It went for fifteen hundred dollars. It was nothing other than a nineteen ninety eight Corvette C five purple and yellow pace car go kart. Five horsepower. I was totally gonna buy it for the upcoming backyard four hundred version two or second annual backyard 400 it would have perfectly fit my personality i could have parked it next to my corvette and said things like my corvette is best corvette because i have five horsepower baby american eagles i could have put a blip shift plus five horsepower sticker on it because it had five horsepower yeah i would have doubled it (laughs) i could have actually with tuning with you can make those engines make about 10 horsepower. I'm very surprised. Yeah. I'm, I'm very surprised you did not buy that. I was right there. So they started the trick at every auction is you never want to hit the opening bid because they start it typically at like the low estimate. So they started the bidding at like four grand and then went down to three and then went down to two and then went down to 1500 and the room was silent. I was waiting for them to get to a thousand bucks. Cause I'm like, I'm in for like a thousand, 1200, whatever. It's a friggin' go-kart. And somebody finally bid 1500 from the front. And I'm like, that was a sympathy bid. But on the non-vehicles, it was something like 25 or 30% or something, wasn't it? Yeah. But 25% of a thousand bucks is 200. Like it, it was, st- I figure all in that cart was worth two grand. Like that was a good deal. But, it was the guy with the resting smug face. He bought most of those pedal cars and the golf carts. I am wondering if he didn't, like, I don't know. I feel like I need to find out who he is. Yeah. Because I wonder if some of it was just shill bidding. Like, all right, well, I, I got to put in a bid because it's making him look bad. So he was just there to, to put in the low bid. Yeah. I don't know. He was tight with them all. 1600 would have got it. I yeah. know it. I should have re- That's why I'm so surprised. I should have called Celebrity Machines. <laughs> to friggin' re-up my sponsorship for this year and just had them buy it. Speaking of Celebrity Machines, SwitchCast is brought to you by Celebrity Machines. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates and can make yours, as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout. Again, that's CelebrityMachines.com, promo code SWITCHCAST. We are here tonight. Thank you for joining us. Call in if you like, 216-294-4124, or post your comments or statements, open-ended or closed-ended, uh, in the comment flow of wherever you're watching live. Bailey, John, Dan, Mark, and a few others are here having some discussion about what makes a good car show and uh, kind of on the heels of going to one of the uh, pretty best car events, I think, uh, that, that we've been to. 
Um, we are going to get to some of the comments here. Uh, coming in from our producer, Ethan, and our comment screener. Uh, let's see. Whew. These are not related to car shows, but we'll try them anyway. Val Nikonov says, hey, Doug, love the podcast. Thanks, Val. What are your thoughts on the 10th gen Mitsubishi Lancer Rally Art as a first car? 230 horsepower, all-wheel drive, manual sedan. I, I like all of those things. 10th gen, which which is the 10th gen? Rally art? Is that like now? I, I believe those rally arts never came in a manual. Those were like a this weird auto transmission that you had to like... You had to like drain the transmission, do like a transmission flush every year or else it'll explode. But I've driven a few rally arts and they were actually pretty decent. I, I had a good time in them. They were all modified though. So I don't know if the stock one is much fun. Oh yeah. But I, I do kind of like that body style. So it's like the 08 to 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be a fun first car. I don't know what they cost now, but. Uh, yeah sure go for it uh let's see from bush book hey doug it was great to meet you at the gathering and concourse sorry bailey and john it made my week <laughs> you must have had a really mediocre week up till that <laughs> i believe he was whelmed <laughs> he was whelmed <laughs> Purgatory Street. If you had to pick a hot hatchback to do a cannonball in, what would it be? Uh, I a Mitsubishi Lancer Rally Art. Yeah, I was about to say they made that in a hatch too. Uh, I don't like hatchbacks. I fundamentally am opposed to them because I'm a wagon guy, right? No, it's okay. It's the same reason. You don't own like an Audi S5, right? It's not a sports car and it's not a practical car. It's like trying to be in between. It's a compromise. It's all season tires. That's a better example. All season tires are terrible winter tires and terrible summer tires. They're like, it's mediocrity at all those things. Wagons are amazing at being wagons. They have tons of space. They're practical. They look good. A sedan is great at being a sedan. It has does everything a wagon does except has less space. The wagon. And then the hatchback just is like, I don't know, a bad love child of the two. The E-Class wagon, it, it definitely held its own on the, on the road trip. It was amazing. Yeah. But you can't like put a huge fuel cell in a hatchback. You can't put any fuel cell because there's no firewall. You can't put like a ton of groceries in. You can't put a dog in. Can't put your drums in. You could probably put a LED screen that said I've got the juice. No, that's got to be a trunk that's popped and you have the, the screen on the inside of the trunk. Renault 5 Turbo. R5 Turbo? R5 Turbo, yeah. Imagine that as a big old husky wagon that you're trying to throw down the road. No, it would be tainted as a wagon. Okay, but that's that that's is a, a two hatch. door. That's a two door hatch. Did he specifically say four door hatch, or not? No, but I feel like that's bordering on coupe. A right? hatch okay. can be two or four door. BMW M coupe is that a hatch or a coupe? 
hatch. Yeah, there you go. It's literally called BMW M Coupe. It's a shooting brake. Renault Renault R5 Turbo, I would argue, is essentially a shooting brake. Cool. The, the angle, this angle doesn't work. Okay. You either do this or this. This doesn't work. I suppose. At what the point 45 do we strike degree a pose in vogue? Strike a pose in vogue? That's what you were doing. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> Focus SVT, yes. <laughs> what Kevin Hare, what is the deal with the crying baby at classic car shows? Oh, I think he can, no. The, the, it, no. Com, it comes as a two-for-one deal with a stuffed tiger. Oh, I like the plastic food on the trays. It does not taste good, though. Uh, that's a boomer thing, man. Ah, shoot. Or the peeing kid, shoot. too. That we totally forgot. Okay, so as a as a gift to Ben Chester, who put all this together and got us our media passes and was a great host, we got him, like, the, the Boomer Car Show starter kit. Uh, and lest anyone get offended, whatever, I'm not going to get canceled by boomers, let's be honest. I'm going to get canceled by freaking 20-year-olds because they're more sensitive. But the... The, the stereotype of boomers at car shows is that they're crotchety and they wear new balance and they wear head to toe stuff that matches their car and they have stuffed tigers, et cetera, et cetera. And they're, you know, just very, very proud of their cars. So we got Ben, he just got a 944 turbo. We got her like, we got him like a boomer Porsche club starter kit to help him be more proud of his car. So we got him a white leather full front bra for his car. If you're under 30, go look up what a bra is for a car. Not a clear bra, like an actual bra you put on your car. They're awful. Uh, we got we gave him Porsche flags so he could put them in the lawn at the show. Uh, we got him, what else did we get him? A, a, a windshield sun reflector from Porsche Porsche. Porsche exclusive manufacturer made in Sharpie. Uh, what else do we get? Bailey, uh, what did what did you oh, get him? Brake cal red brake caliper covers. <laughs> Big ones. Cuz there's no small brake caliper covers. Well, I got the kids some Newports. Some I Newport mean, smokes yeah, and you, some supplements. And oh, some yeah. supplements. So, you know, when you get older, sometimes you just need a little help. <laughs> Remembering things. It was Ginkgo. But we did not get him a crying baby or a stuffed tiger. That would have been perfect. Or mirrors. He needed more oh, mirrors yes, to for look under at his, his car. To look at his oil pan leak. Because they all leak because you have to take the cross member out to, to seal it, reseal it. What what else do we not get him that, that is like quintessential boomer car show accoutrement? The uh, build sign next to it. Oh, yes. Build the sign. giant yep. sign that talks about how rare their Corvette is. Camp shirt. Yes. Like the, the camp button shirt. shirt that's got all of the prints on it. Oh, yes. Yes. That's like, three sizes too large. Yep. The button down collar. Yep. And it's got to have like red on the inside of the mm -hmm. armpits and then prints and of their 35 car. 35 pictures of only their car. <laughs> <laughs> one night to wing night me and the bros actually i wasn't there for that night so i guess the bros without me 
<laughs> they all wore those like boomer button up shirts to wing night. Dude, it was a crowd pleaser, I heard. It was so good. <laughs> they, they were probably like, You guys look sharp. Yes. Also, you've been mispronouncing Ben's last name. <laughs> Ben's last name is Mercer. Doug. I'm sorry. Mercer. The comment came in. That Bailey, he sounds dreamy. Slabtastic. Oh, was that Andrew? Oh, who was that? What was the username? Uh, I'm flattered. anonymous. I'm quite flattered. Three seven four. Well, Anon, hit me up after the show. <laughs> I Gonzo Prius. All right, uh, I've I've been I've been pwned, as they say on the forums. Gonzo Prius, who recently went nonstop across country with 107 gallons of fuel on board, said in a, in a Prius hatchback, says what's this about not being able to put a big fuel cell in a hatchback fine you got me there i just think it's not as good of an idea as a wagon because i need to take extra shoes and all sorts of other things on top of the fuel cell they all the room they serve different purposes to me they do a hatch like andrew's hatch mark what is it mark seven and a half golf gti rabbit edition it's like this gorgeous cornflower blue color he's got these center lock fake center locking wheels from oz they're oz what does that have to do with it being a hatch and serving a different purpose it is fun to just putz around in throw it in a corner it does what you ask i mean so is a caterham super seven yeah but you can all you like can take this to work on a snowy day without much issue i could do that with 911 too yeah or corvette but, or a Mustang. But, no, but there's a reason a there's Mustang. a hatch buyer and a 911. I would also Corvette argue buyer. that the Golf R is more of a shooting brake because it's like a square body hatch. I know what the hatch is about, right? It's a sedan with accessibility. We need to call like someone who's British because hatches are insanely popular over there. Like. You go to a high school parking lot, every single car in the parking lot is some cheap hatch. Everyone's got a hatch right now. I I would argue that almost all of them are two-door wagons, though, by the body style shape. They call them hatchbacks. But as we know them in America, and the question I was answering is how we perceive hatchbacks here, which is basically just like not a wagon and not a sedan. It's like a CUV that's slow, low, and banging. (sighs) <sighs> with swingers <laughs> mom can you come get me <laughs> no when i think of wagon i think more like you know even if it's an e63 like it is still has a certain amount of comfort to it you are either going to be like just daily driving in comfort or just like so you can you can throw a bunch of stuff in it or if it's like an e63 like you're going to be shooting down the autobahn at 200 but like still be comfortable and can still throw stuff in the back of it like hatchbacks aren't necessarily like they don't have the hint of utilitarian or like i i love a good hot hatch but i think the 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 thing that would um most clearly define this uh kind of delineate this is that trevor would never own a wagon so because of that we should yeah no inside jokes on the podcast but we should always just that should go wagon more than hatch right right i love my Uh, we have a question for mark spence oh god 
because I'm gonna lose. I need like a, a sound bite. Come here, sugar. For Ethan, you got to get on this. We need sound bites for certain types of questions that break the rules. Figure out which rule this breaks. Uh, Who said it? Kentucky Cobra seventy six? <laughs> That's a name. Yeah, <laughs> probably where a cousin he's of mine from or and something. what he drives. Do you think that the R thirty four Skyline, when it becomes legal, will raise the prices of all the other Skylines? Wow, that's a good question. No, it's not. It's a terrible question. Well, the R thirty four is already the least amount made. It's already the rarest one to get out of all of them. That's not the question. Yes. So but will a raise will a rising tide lift lift all ships? I don't believe so. Why not? Because you can find the other ones. True. I disagree. There are far too many people buying them. For way too much money. Putting them away in Japan or Canada or wherever you can. 34s, yeah, not 33s and 32s. 33s are legal right now. Yeah, I heard. Did you not say 34? I did say 34. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm saying people. If, he's asking if the the 34, the R34 Skyline becoming legal in the U.S. will raise the prices of the 33s and 32s. Yes. You... If you if you can't get a thirty four, you can get a thirty three or thirty two at a little bit of a discount. And those people probably already own thirty threes and thirty twos. Not necessarily. People, it's just people will see a thirty four posted on Instagram. What's the next best thing that I can afford? Get a thirty three or thirty two. An NSX. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, uh, so to me, the thirty four is in a league of its own. It's just a totally different car aesthetically. Like I would love to own a 34 i could care less about having a 33 or 32 especially the jade nismo yeah amazing color but here's why i hate the question i shouldn't say hate i'm sorry i'm telling my six-year-old not to say hate about things that aren't evil i just really 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 don't like you no i have no problem with the person it's just the quintessential question we get every week and i get every day at my job it's along the lines of what's the next big thing what's going to go up in value who cares Buy a car because you like it. I understand people want to fiddle around with predicting the market and stuff like that. And like, but historically, cars don't go up in value. They go up and down. Yes, blah 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 blah. But it's like the same question: when the new nine nine two GT three comes out, will that lower the price of all the other ones? Maybe, maybe not. You know, but I, I just I don't like the premise of any type of price prediction question. They're already going for stupid money overseas. Well, because people in Canada are buying them up because Canada has a Mm 15-year exemption. U.S. has 25-year exemption. So people in the U.S. and Canada are buying them up, shipping them to Canada, putting them in storage so they can ship them across the border once they're here. And people in Japan figured out a long time ago that people were going to do this, so they raised the prices there. Same thing that happened when I tried to buy a Honda NSXR a couple years ago. That's what Myron taught me, that you need a guy... You need a guy and you need to be five years ahead of everybody else. Well, no. Or 30 no, years. No, you need someone, like if if a Japanese person sees an American trying to buy a JDM car, they're going to like say, okay, cool, jack the price up way higher than they're asking. I have a guy over there. They're already doing that to the Australians. Yes. Okay, so back to the event. Um, so... Weather, arguably, is a a big factor in any of these 
massive events. And the reason probably why Monterey is so popular is that I don't think they've ever had to postpone for weather because it's Northern California. It's just always mild out there. Uh, but New England has its own set of weather, uh, usually four seasons in a day. Um, checking the weather means whether or not it's going to snow today. <laughs> hey. This guy. This guy. <laughs> yeah, this guy. What's up, Bob? Uh, but, uh, yeah, Saturday we got, uh, some pretty serious downpours. So Friday was the gathering, which was a super exclusive event, a la the quail, uh, with food vendors and alcohol vendors and everything was free. And it was a limited group of cars and limited group of people, uh, 300 bucks a pop for a, a ticket for a few hours definitely limits the audience. Um, and then that was beautiful. And then Saturday was a couple different cars and coffees. Uh, and the tour, which is the tour de elegance is when the cars that go to the Concorde that are invited actually do a driving tour. And to me, that's one of my favorite aspects of an event is seeing those cars driving because these are not just like Porsches, Ferraris, you know, Lamborghinis, new model stuff that people drive anyway. These are cars that have been hidden away in collections for years that are worth millions, if not tens of millions of dollars that you'll likely never see again, and you get to see them being used. And what made it even more exciting, in my opinion, is that because of all the rain, the Cars and Coffee was canceled, the Porsche Club Concourse still went on, but it was, you know, a shadow of its former self. There was like 30 cars there, and uh, they concluded the awards by 10 a.m. Uh, but we, they still had probably 40 or 50 cars, incredible machinery, do this tour in the rain. Many of these cars had windshield wipers that were about eight inches wide and didn't work very well. No defrost. Some of them didn't have windows. There were race cars. There was open top cars. There was an open top, uh, 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 Bugatti, nah, Bugatti, yeah, an open top Bugatti, um, another open top Morgan, and you know, people are coming in and they've got one guy in a Ford GT40, a real one, by the way, had his door open for ventilation because he doesn't have windows, he just has that little flap, and people are toweling off their uh windshields to try to get some visibility. It was super cool to see all these guys in multi million dollar cars just out using them as they were made to be used. Uh, that was one of the highlights of the weekend, I think, is getting out there in, in raincoats and umbrellas and uh, just being out there with the hardcore people. But it, uh, I don't know, it was refreshing because you go to a normal Cars and Coffee, you get a little bit of rain in the forecast, even if it doesn't show up, and it's like... Dead. Well, yeah, we got nobody wants to go. We got Peter Gozinia out on the Westlake side of Cleveland, and uh, dude won't even go to Dairy View in his 911 if it's supposed to rain two weeks from now. <laughs> are you kidding me? People are checking the humidity levels. Well, it's got to be between 55 and 60 percent humidity for me to take my car out because if it's more than that, then the paint is gonna uh, flake. It's I'll get I'll get haze marks for my wax. Then I'll have to update the build board. <laughs> update the billboard? The build oh, board next yes, to the Corvette. Never driven in rain. Oh gosh. I I may or may not have 
advertised a car recently as never driven in rain. I'm ashamed of myself, honestly, but it did happen. I didn't say never seen rain because who knows what happens at the factory of the port. But um, one of the really interesting things, too, about Saturday was we went to the Newport Auto Museum, which was, I think, mostly consists of a guy's private collection that he opens up. He likes sharing with people, so he opens it up to the public. But there was an interesting observation there that I thought was cool. Nobody else may care, but I'm going to tell it anyway. There's a Viper RT10 there. It was black with silver stripes, very similar to the car, the first cool car I ever rode in. Uh, it was uh, my mom's friend from high school, a guy named Jimmy Craig, uh, rest in peace. And he had a 96 black with silver stripes Viper. And his famous saying was, nothing beats cubic inches. Or as I guess a more commonly known phrase is no replacement for displacement. So he has a, he had an eight liter Viper V10, and on the placard on the billboard for this Viper, it says eight liter V10, 415 horsepower. And I just laughed to myself because I'm like, man, talk about nothing beats cubic inches. Porsche makes a 3.6 liter flat six, less than half the size of that V10 motor with the exact same horsepower, 415 horsepower. So whatever. Yeah, nothing beats cubic inches except engineering. And I guess also turbochargers. <laughs> and superchargers. And superchargers. Yeah. Um, Bailey, what else did you like about that show? What do you think made it great? I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. Okay. I'm going to think about Andrew that. or Dan, if you'd like to weigh in, that would be fine. One, I think one of the things was uh, the experiences that came with the type of people that were there. So we had a couple different things happen. One of them was we're standing around at the gathering, which like it's very exclusive event and these two girls walked up who i don't know if they had passes they claimed they had been on like the cliff walk and they they came up to the organizer of the event i was talking with ben and they're like yeah this this guy over here sergey invited us to this party tonight do you know where it is and we're just like what like yeah yeah no we're, we're supposed to go to this party and it's like this super fancy party exclusive whatever it's you know do you know about it and we're like we have no idea and we this conversation went on for like 10 minutes and so we called sergey over and uh we're like hey do you know these girls he's like oh i guess and um you know we finally like just took pictures with them but we had no idea what party they were talking about i'm like man this is actually brilliant like if you want to get invited to a super exclusive party just go up to somebody in charge be like hey so i got invited to this party do you know where it is? They knew nothing. They didn't know where it was, what time, who, nothing. It's a terrible way to try to crash a party. I mean, it's a good way. They just they needed to play it off better. Um, but yeah, it's stuff like that that's just fun that's happening all the time. And then um, I think the best one was you guys were in the, the Bank of America tent <laughs> eating their free food. For a long time and their free alcohol yes <laughs> yes 
they I mean they didn't they didn't kick us out at first for some reason um but then after a while they brought it so they had just like cold cut sandwiches yeah and they were okay you know it was good Jay Leno was there first so I mean like we walked there and Jay Leno was there eating so like oh okay and then we walked in and started grabbing some food and whatever yeah Jay um, Leno's here that means it's okay for us to be here we're I mean yeah we're media that's what we do <laughs> um so like we were just eating some food there and then uh I think they, they, they brought us some like hot chicken sandwiches and they're like, you get, this is not for you guys. These are for the private bankers that bank with bank of America that are on a special list. And I told him, I was like, well, I own 13 shares of bank of America. <laughs> and he didn't like that. He was, he just kind of looked at me. I was like, eh, that doesn't really help or anything like that. But the bartender kept serving us. They that did. They never, thing. they never once asked for anything. They were just like, do you want more wine? I'm like, yes, please. I would yeah. love some more. And then our friends came back that paid 15 bucks a pop for the exact same cup of wine. Uh-huh. That was that was great. We gave him some ribbing until we got kicked out. But right before we're about to get kicked out, after being somewhere we weren't supposed to be, yeah, yeah this is when I saw the cultivated collector, and I walked up to him. And I was oh, like, "Hey, yes. man, uh, you want to go say hi to everybody? We're all in, this, in the Bank of America tent." And I'm like, "Oh, by the way, actually, do you bank with Bank of America?" And he's like, "I do, actually." And I was like, "Great, <laughs> you're our in." So I brought him over there, and he started talking to them. And I think at that point, that's when you. Or they found out so, who you were. Well, I didn't. I didn't know that you had like mm-hmm. gotten us in, gotten us back in as guests of somebody who was on the list. Yeah, I saw him walking around out there. I was like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" And we're, we're all right. eating food in a town we shouldn't belong in. You're a whatever. genius. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a very small list of people who are invited to be in this tent, <laughs> and uh, and their guests. So apparently Matthew Ivanhoe was on the list. So he then had twelve guests. <laughs> But we still couldn't eat the lobster rolls. I'm like, I just friggin' want a lobster roll. And Dan wanted a chicken sandwich badly. So uh, we're about to get kicked out. And I I swear, I swear I never play this card. I'm not that guy. But I was wearing my bright red cannonball jacket. <laughs> and half in irony, uh, because I always joke, right? about like people are like oh you're a cannonball record holder whatever i'm like yeah that and five bucks will get me a drink at happy hour because like it's true it people think it's cool but it's not like i get endorsements or free anything for it it's just something i did so right as we're about to get uh removed from the premises i was like hey man so does being the cannonball record holder get me a lobster roll and he's just like what wait what oh my gosh that is you. That's so cool. And so just asked about the cannonball record, telling the other guy about it and like wants his picture with us. Now, Aaron and some of the others didn't know this had happened. So they had like wandered out of the tent and I'm like, no guys, it's, it's cool. We're, we're still in, we're good. They said we could have whatever we wanted. And then, uh, then it got even more fun because they got called away by their boss. So they asked me to like watch the tent. So then I became security. So all these people came up to me and they're like, well, I have a Bank of America account. I'm like, no, you're not on the list. I just got to turn everybody away for half an hour that you can't have the lobster rolls. He was too good at it. It came too natural. It was awesome. Uh, But apart from that, Andrew, what, uh, what... was this your first Concours experience? This was my first event with very, very, very expensive cars, yes. Okay, so like, what made it, was it the cars that made it better, or what was the X factor that made this type of event better than a normal Cars and Coffee? Personally, it was the people that drove the cars there and the owners of those cars. 
I talked to a few people or was around people as they were talking to the judges and the guy with the yellow Mercer something 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 that I've never seen before in my life and will probably never see again he knew that car in inside out like he knew everything about it those judges were just sitting there like they were almost like looking at their watches like all right this guy needs to just like we get it it does this my and that, mercer but like, is best mercer because but that dude just kept going on. he looked like stan lee which is another thing i liked about him and he was wearing his, <laughs> his his like like 1920s overalls for you know that you know mechanics would wear back in the day he, period he looked correct period, yeah he was very period correct he has little goggles and his cap and whatnot but he just knew everything about the car and the guy with that uh mg cooper car i yes. honestly can't remember there was the open top race car open, yeah. yep that was basically a bathtub with on uh, yep. saturday um talked to him on on sunday and he was the nicest guy in the world once i develop my photos he will be in one of them <laughs> posing with the car yes well, tell us about developing our photos what what is that well i don't i believe it was either bailey's idea or dan's idea so i think either one of them should be the one to it was, it was what? Uh, well, no, no it was don't take idea. credit oh, for it. Hey, 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 no, okay. scavenger hunt was my yes you know, that was competition your idea. But Dan it, was the disposable it stemmed camera because guy. at every event, I always like to bring one film camera and just have fun with it. No, nothing attached to it. Just like you got 20 some shots. Just have fun. Yeah. For the kids out there, um, a film camera only has a certain number of shots in it and you won't be able to see the photos until afterwards. And that's the fun of it. You have to send them away to get <laughs> developed. It records the light onto this little strip of film. And then you have to expose that film so that you can see the information that's on the film. And then you print it on a piece of photo paper that costs you a dollar at Red Aid. And no one can hit like or subscribe. Correct. I'm scared. <laughs> yes. So... Yeah, we all had media passes and disposable cameras, which mm -hmm. made it just hilarious and fun yep uh because you know it, it was just different people looked at us and were like wow they're they're weird but they're also having fun yeah we got a i mean john and i got to take pictures of people uh giving out the awards and they didn't like us at first but then once they kind of realized how much fun we were they they <laughs> kept us long for a little bit i mean they weren't laughing with us no they, they did uh, not like us at first but i think they, they got along with us john really played it up he would like pull his media badge and put it in front of people be like, excuse me can you open the hood of your bugatti media and then what like <laughs> i should have done that i was out there taking legit photos dang <laughs> i shot two rolls of film on my actual film camera too the, the, I, i'm excited to see what those look like those are gonna look good Hopefully. Bailey is <laughs> quite the photographer. Oh, you. What's what's your Instagram for your photography stuff? Commute to coffee. Yes. The number two. Commute to coffee. Yes. Um, the the best one for me, the best shot, I don't know if it'll come out, but it was the most fun. Jay Leno was walking around, so I went up to him and said, excuse me, can I get a picture with you? And I put the disposable camera in selfie mode and clicked it, and with a huge crowd around, he goes... What kind of phone is that? And five minutes later, I came up with a great response. <laughs> it's a rotary. But um, where only, is only that my, drum set? Only my wife heard that one, and she rolled her eyes about as much as everyone else is. 
my nana still has a rotary phone in her house i still think i think you can still use it is she single no no andrew nathan's detailing is a proud sponsor of switchcast Nathan's Detailing is a company in Cleveland, Ohio that provides mobile detailing services for individuals and dealerships. They also offer PPF and ceramic coating installations. With over 800 Google reviews and an impressive 4.9 star rating, Nathan's Detailing is the go-to shop for all of your detailing and protection needs. With Nathan's, convenience is key. Their mobile detailing technicians bring the power, water, and supplies to your home or work and detail your car on site. Check out the link in our description for free interior fabric protection or leather conditioning with your purchase. At Nathan's Detailing, this smiles for you. Switchcast is brought to you by Boxcast. Boxcast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, your wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, Boxcast is an easy, flexible live streaming platform for organizations and individuals. Boxcast is so easy, we're broadcasting this from a phone. Head over to switchcars.com slash boxcast for your free trial. Again, it's switchcars.com slash boxcast for your free trial. We have a comment, a couple comments from the live chat here. Um, Val Nikonov asked me what my top speed driven was. I hate that question because my top speed is 195 miles an hour two different times. And I'd really like to be in the 200 club, but I'm not. <sighs> Soon. Uh, Camille C. said, A good DJ and proper food makes the best car events. Also, owners who hang out and talk about the cars and their journeys. It's from Tony at Camille C. Wait, I thought it was from Camille C. It looks like it's from Tony at Shaughnessy Overland Express who doesn't sponsor the podcast, but should, because they just got a free shout-out sneaky question. Uh, a good DJ and proper food. I agree with food. I don't remember the music that was playing at Audrain, but maybe that's because it was good. No? No. Bailey's shaking no. his head. There was a few, like, raunchy covers of some new hit songs that, Boy, they were not good. I feel like um, there's a really weird mix of music too. Yes. Like it wasn't like just it, I don't know, it just it just went everywhere. It can it's either it's either a 100% hit or 100% miss. Um and I'm not much like okay, like I love music. Like today, listening to music in the car with it blasting, I heard something so good, it moved me so much that I started to cry. I love music. It does a lot for me. But usually loud music or not okay just music at car events kind of turn me off turn me away from the event they take away from it for uh, me yeah i have to agree with that one because there has to be a speaker somewhere and around that speaker if you're going to be playing across the entire venue it might be quiet at the edges but if you're by that speaker it's way too loud and you won't be around that for very long so let's just say there's a nice car over there which i want to say those alphas were close to the speakers the ones at the top of the hill by the house, mm -hmm. mansion, I don't castle. think it was ever too loud, though. 
No, but mm. I also just didn't want to hear but music while I was up there. Well, maybe a good DJ, like this guy just said, wouldn't have speakers that do that, and he would do the research in the homework to figure out what decibels each speaker should be at and place them accordingly because he did the research on the acoustics of whatever, whatever event he's playing. Ah. Maybe I just haven't heard a good DJ at a car event. I feel like most cruisins are just like beach rock what's wrong with the beach boys in your 57 chevy doug huh it's so cliche also they are annoying high pitched in my 409 make sure to buy your raffle tickets <laughs> you know i think there's a point there um a really good car event you feel like you are royalty and like the the event is catered to you versus a lame car event you feel like it's commercialized like there's you're always being sold something and that's why i like the gathering because even though the tickets were insanely expensive everything was free and so you are never being told you can't come in here. You don't have the right pass, whatever. You weren't being charged 10 bucks for a hot dog. I know that stuff is par for the course, right? Like you have 5,000 people at a car event. You can't let them all do everything. But it was such an amazing experience because it was just open. Everything was open. Everybody was friendly. It's here. Have more wine. Have more lobster. And the cars were incredible as well. And it was just everybody was on an even playing field and there was nothing, even though all the vendors were trying to sell you stuff, it wasn't overt. It was like going to Costco. I'm trying to sell you this amazing bacon by giving you as much as you want. Okay, I'll take it. The local Cars and Coffee in Dallas ran by this seemingly nice lady um, consists of like 20 to 25 of those like tents of flea market tents of people like selling jewelry they made you know enter anything that you could see selling under those tents and then like 10 cars there's double the amount of tents and commercial selling of in my opinion garbage most of the time and then only a few cars yeah it's very frustrating speaking of a somewhat exclusive event uh, I want John to weigh in on this a little bit just to give his kind of flyover of an event that he's created that I think is interesting because it's different than the norm and it's a really good experience. And that is the Cars Are the Stars event, which is just hosted the second one down in Minerva, Ohio. Um, this is an event I've been to both years. Last year I went thinking this is going to suck. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Like, again, it's going to be, you know, Bel Airs with their hoods up and stuffed tigers. And I'm going to want to go home immediately. But it wasn't. Tell us a little bit. Quick recap of what the Cars of the Stars is. So and the why it's different. So the Cars of the Stars, uh, my friend Jim, he had said uh, we were trying to do a fundraiser for the movie theater. We have an old-timey movie theater downtown. And he had said, you know, can we sell out a showing of this? And I said, you know, I don't sell movies. 
Um, you know, I do car events because I also run Cars and Coffee for Canton. And so I thought about it and I was like, no, let's shut down the town. Let's get some invitation only cars. And, you know, a lot of the things like you guys were saying earlier, the very stereotypical things that really turns off a lot of of I, I hate to say I hate to be ageist, but the younger crowd with the doo-wop music and the 50-50 tickets and all that stuff, you know, and and I really wanted to have something special. So we we shut down the town. We have invitation-only cars. Uh, 100% of the proceeds go to the Roxy, um, and that is where we're different in that regard. Um, but the thing about it is, is there's only so much room on the bricks, and I wanted to have something in um, the small town of Minerva that you don't see in any other place really um, but particularly in Ohio and just like you had said like well last year you came down you're like well I didn't want to bring anybody because I didn't know what it was going to be and I didn't think it was going to be good and then we walked out onto the into the center and you looked left and right and do you remember what you said no it was oh shit <laughs> I never I don't swear <laughs> So, or, oh, poop. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, so we, we really wanted to have something really special and, and have that be, uh, something that we kind of go forward with. So we had really special cars this year. We had, a, um, the only podium finisher from the 1956 Miglia, Miglia in that class. So stuff like that. And then, and the cool part about it is, is we wanted to also offer the drivers an experience as well to where kind of touching on that and, you know, nothing is you know the spot is exclusive but once you're in then everything is kind of available and we also you know have live music and i you know contrary to what you guys were saying actually i i thought the music although there were a couple cringy covers i agree um i was actually talking to brad about the music because that was one of the things he always is like you got to have music and it's got to fill this uh, fill the you know air and there was the music was filling the air no matter where you were at and it never seemed even it, like it would be a, it would have been a very different event if you would have looked out over the yard with the cars and there would have been nothing but the sound of crashing water it would have been a very different feel so in a good way or a bad way i don't think it would have been in a good way hmm. personally i think that it it kept you in that moment and it didn't let you stare off into the to the ether so i i think it kept people kind of anchored hmm. But so that's that's the music side of things. But yes, for as in regards to special events, we're really trying to get something going. Um, you know, this was our second year we ran uh, a really good show. Uh, there were a couple opportunities for learning, but we'll get those better next year. Um, and also, what you guys said, we're not going to have the same cars back every year. So it's going to be sixty-five to seventy really really unique hand-picked cars and hopefully we get to the point where we also have a concord the next day maybe you and i can just you know hook up we had talked about doing a drive um with some like lunch at a track or something like that um, maybe nelson's ledges maybe yeah um so stuff like that and i think we can really put on a special event kind of in comparison to audrain personally so i think we've sort of answered the question of what makes a good car event one is variety two is an immersive experience right it's even though you're at some crazy place on the ocean you're you almost feel like you're not there until you turn around and look at the view and go oh my goodness i'm here you're immersed in the show whether it's the music or the arrangement of the cars um you know the people uh for sure 
the food. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I think good organization is also key. Nothing to ruin a group of great cars like, you know, things Logistics. being helter-skelter. Well, and speaking, I, I want to t- touch on inclusivity because just like you said, like everybody felt like they were really, you know, included in everything. But, but exclusivity at the same time, because if you include all cars, then it, the event sucks. Well, I'm talking about from a spectator standpoint. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I totally agree. They have the, Your selection has got to be exclusive. But to touch on the organization, another shout out to Ben and his guys. The, the, um, the mud pit that was the entrance you know 12 hours before right. the first cars they had 600 and something 600 sheets of, sheets of plywood, plywood and yeah. they made a wood Took road six eight hours 12 hours something for them to build a wooden road over this mud pit for all these priceless cars it to just, get onto the show yeah. field and that doesn't get done without an amazing team an amazing willpower and yeah. that's 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 commendable right there. That if there was nothing else that made that whole weekend work, that is an example of you know that go go hard or go home kind of scenario. Absolutely. Well, thanks guys for going with me. Bailey has one more quick thought. Going back to selection, sometimes some of the smaller events I've really enjoyed. Yes. Um, like whether it's like a barn party or you know other stuff i i've watched i i've kind of dissected those and for my i i do my event like maybe once or twice a year no notice just you know popped up random whenever on purpose uh but my main focus with that is the we're all interested in cars but i try to start at the source so i i curate the people i i my focus is i want a good selection of people there and then they happen to bring, you know, really interesting, cool cars. Um, and everyone's talking. You know, it's a even well, playing weird field. people just, have weird cars. Yes. We're all very weird. But I don't know. I like that. And I, I thought the Audrain kind of did the same thing because I was talking to people who were, I mean, I don't like looking at things that, in leagues, but these people were way out of, you know, my league and my realm of car ownership, car showing, you know, stuff like that. But they were having you know, same level conversations with me about what they owed, like what we enjoy, just even conversations about not cars with, you know, people that I've watched on TV growing up in the car world. So I really like seeing the curation of good people first and then they happen to bring the cars. I enjoy that. I think your Cars of the Stars does a good job of that. The Cars of the Stars and and the Canton Cars and Coffee were both two things that we grew it from the driver first. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everybody can throw a bunch of ad money at stuff and grow stuff, but we kind of really organically grew the Cars and Coffee, particularly for that reason. Yeah. Because if you have, I want the people that, you know, just like I couldn't get in touch with you for the Lambo at first. But if you have the people that are going to let the kids sit in the cars and talk to talk to the fanboys like me when I go up and talk to Jay Leno out of you know, hey you don't here's this guy I don't you have no idea and you know that kind of stuff you got to curate that to a driver first for sure. Yeah, yeah, good point, Bailey. Curate the people. That's a yeah. That's a mic drop moment. Well, thank you guys. Thank you all for going with me. That certainly made it better. Uh, nothing well, like having, having a bunch of crazies around to 
to party with and enjoy cars. It is that time of the night now where we have the props and flops brought to you by Switch Cars. Switch Cars is the enthusiast dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. That's a lie. I will store anything if you pay the bill. Check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com. Our pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is... A 2005 Porsche Boxer S in white over tan manual transmission just added to our inventory today, 44,000 miles on it. And it's my pick because I like white cars and especially white on tan cars. I know it's a girly color, whatever. And a Boxer is a girly car, so whatever. Now, maybe a little bit effeminate for loving a white on tan Boxer, but they're great cars to drive. They're mid-engine, they're balanced, they're a lot of fun ton of car for the money and they just look better than the silver and black ones that are so ubiquitous so there you go it's online check it out mention switchcast and you'll get a thousand dollar discount the flop of the week facebook slash meta continues to make it more and more difficult for businesses to advertise and conduct business on their platform Ethan can testify to that as Boxcast has had issues with them. Nathan's detailing. Most of our sponsors have had issues uh, with having their ad accounts restricted or shut down for no explainable reason. But the latest one, shortly after they like added this feature for car dealerships to have their vehicle inventory, is then they immediately like removed it so they're removing business accounts ability to list vehicles on marketplace which will take final effect in january of 2023 so they said that they will dealers will be able to continue reaching vehicle or home buyers or home renters on facebook in other ways individuals selling their vehicles will still be able to post listings from their personal pages um on behalf of the dealers and the, comp- and the company know that dealers will not lose any of their ability to reach an audience via ads. But what they're overlooking is that an individual listing on behalf of a dealer as an individual is actually an illegal practice called curb stoning. It's very, very illegal. Um, but it, the... The way Facebook was couching this is that they're they're trying to get rid of misleading ads and clickbaits and scams, but in my opinion, they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Facebook Marketplace has been a disaster since its inception, and it makes us all really, really miss Craigslist. There is a far better way of getting rid of misleading listings than just abandoning them altogether. And you know, for that matter, people are still going to make misleading listings. You're just taking away legit companies ability to do so um so whatever fine facebook do it we don't care the prop of the week goes to both google and cars for sale because in contrast to facebook google is promoting dealers and helping them succeed they are constantly improving their business listing pages and now adding vehicle inventory details and our incredible provider carsforsale.com this is not a paid commercial i just this is awesome they have a flat rate of 99 dollars per month for a dealer regardless of the size of your dealership as opposed to the tiered pricing programs with other third-party advertising providers uh cars for sale automatically feeds listing to google and this is a very new feature of google and cars for sale is already on it and yeah it's friggin' awesome. So suck it, Meta. 
go Google and cars for sale. Anyway, that is that is all. Oh, another side note. Carvana is now sponsoring Donut Media. We'll see how that works out for them. Probably not going to help them out. Their share price is back down to 20 bucks a share because they suck. Anyway, thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. Uh, hope to see some of you at car events in the future. We will certainly be searching out new car events that we haven't been to before. Goodwood is on the list. Uh, some other car rallies. Definitely Amelia we go to every year. Uh, Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix is on the list for next year. So if you've got a suggestion or want to extend media passes and hospitality our way, uh, we'll be happy to check out your event and uh, share it if it's good. Thank you to all the guys that joined me uh, both tonight and on the weekend. Thank you to our sponsors, BoxCast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, Stephen Holm Woodworking, and Nathan's Detailing. Thank you to our producer, Ethan Huffnagel. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Friday wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week as we look forward to answering your automotive questions and entertaining you on the drive of your life.